Welcome to Two Bookworms. One podcast. The book club podcast where best friends talk about books. I'm Cameron. And I'm Lacey. And I'm Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, cue the <laughs> guess who's back intro. <laughs> well, Steve, it is your book this week, so it's only fitting that we had you on. For your listeners, yeah, for your listeners episode. So uh, before we get into that, we'll do our second suite for the week. Lacey, what is your suck? So. (laughs) She's going to be like, my suck is that Steve made me read this freaking book. No, no, no. Why is that yours? That's totally yours. No, No, it's not. (laughs) So I order delivery for lunch a lot more often than I'd like to admit (laughs) and I noticed today that they were trying to charge me 30 cents extra for a bun for a what and like no matter what way you edited the bun they were trying to charge 30 cents for that freaking bun so I clicked um okay so it's the lord's chicken (laughs) (laughs) It's churches. <laughs> Wait, you had the churches? option of like, yeah, you had the option of like ordering an unbuttered bun, like a buttered bun, like a whole wheat bun. But every single one said plus 30 cents. So they're charging you 30 cents for a bun that already comes uh, with the sandwich. Right. But wow. I didn't notice that the one said unbuttered when I was ordering. So I just clicked like I unclicked the buttered one thinking they would just, you know, make it the normal way. Whatever. They sent oh, it without buns. <laughs> You're lying. You're freaking no. lying. No, they sent it without buns, which is what confused me because they have just the filet on the menu. So why would I order a sandwich sans bun when you have a filet on the menu? I would have just ordered the filet if that's what I wanted. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay. First off, number one, the large chicken is Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. So you, you threw me there for a minute because I was like, chicken is charging for a bun? So they probably would. I think that's, that's where that's where churches is. Gotcha. Although it is called churches, so she does have a valid point. Sorry, it wasn't churches. It was Chick fil A. It's Chick fil A. It's all Chick fil A. Oh, it was Chick fil A? It was Chick fil A. <gasps> They're charging for buns? They're charging for buns. They were on this Fuck app. them. Fuck and them. And this is like the first time I've noticed it. I did mean church. I did not mean churches. All the C's. Chick fil A. <laughs> oh, I've just always heard when people say the Lord's chicken, they're talking like that's what I've always heard. Chick fil A. Yeah. Yes. So they're charging for a bun. Wow, those fucks. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, they already are like, um, horrible. I mean, let's right now. be honest, they already have some poor morals, but. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. They sent just a piece of chicken. Ooh, that means I don't know why they didn't stop and think, hey, did they just want this like regularly? Because we've got a filet on our menu, so why wouldn't they just order the filet? I didn't know you (sighs) could order the bun buttered or unbuttered. You can order a wheat bun, too. Huh. I did not know that. Interesting. Well, fuck them. Um... (laughs) My suck for the week is, so I'm sorry, did your lunch recover or did you just eat the piece of chicken or did you just slap it on some bread at home? 
we had some buns because I was making burgers tonight anyway, so I just slapped it on one of those. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, well, my suck for the week is I just feel like so utterly exhausted. Like I'm just so so tired, and I like I feel Same. like I just can't get enough sleep, and then. We were busy all weekend, and I feel like I've said yes to too many, like, things. And I'm just, like, emotionally I mean, we exhausted. All do it. We all do yeah. it. Because you're busy during the week, and then on the weekends, you have to be busy with stuff that you have to do on the weekends that you can't do during the week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's rough, so that's my... Also, um, I went into the office today. And, like, 50 minutes into that, I got sent home because I could not stop coughing. <laughs> it wasn't, it was like a headache. Was it intentional? Did you do no, it intentionally? it was not, like. <laughs> That's some Cameron I, stuff. I, I had to keep, like, clearing my throat because, like, the phlegm was building up. Oh, yeah. So then I was, like, trying not to because there's, like, people looking at me. And so I'm, like, trying to quietly. That makes like, it worse. <laughs> yeah. And I could not breathe. And so I like messaged my boss and I was like, Hey, um, do I need to leave? Cause I feel like these people are giving me dirty looks, which is totally warranted. And I would be looking at them too, if they were coughing. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, um, just go home and then log back on when you get home and let me know. <laughs> it would have so. been sweet if she had uh, done it intentionally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It would have been a sweet, uh, no, I wasted my entire morning getting ready for work and then lasting 50 minutes. So, <sighs> well, Steve, what is your suck for the week? My suck for the week is that our little schnauzer Jackson has been not feeling so hot. And so mm. we've been a little bit worried about him. But I, I think that he's just been tired, too. He, yeah. We always joke that he's his mom's little familiar so if you've been tired all week it's probably just he's probably just feeling your tiredness yeah and he's like 95 in human years and they went to the park both saturday and sunday and it's a really big park and he always has to check the perimeter and it's i think he did it like twice both days so i think he was yeah i think he was just tired from that and then because he slept all day today i put him up in our bed while i was working and he he was just like out all day so we were really worried but then he kind of perked up um after i got off work and he went for a walk with us and everything and he seems fine he's sleeping now though (laughs) but he's old he has to sleep a lot you know it's true yeah it's all he does i bet that cool air felt good for him too yeah I also wonder if he's getting arthritis because he's kind of limping around a little bit. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I feel like you guys can't hear me very well. I can hear you. Okay. Maybe it's just a delay because I feel like I say something and then like. Maybe it is a delay. Technology, right? Uh, Well, Lacey, what is your uh, suite for the week? So I've been trying to, like, find a planter for this specific area (laughs) in my bathroom. 
and I could not find it anywhere, nothing. So I built one this weekend. <laughs> oh, okay. And I've got to seal it, and hopefully it holds. So, like, explain the specific area. It's the wind. I have a window sill right above my bathtub. Okay. And it's got, like, a lip on the window where you can raise it, which is stupid for the bathroom, first off. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so, you want some fresh air in there while you're taking a bath. No. That's how people can break in. Fair, and people see me in my bathroom. Why you got a window people can see you through anyway? <laughs> I always think that's weird because uh, there's this house that we walk by, and they have one in their shower. And it's not like you can put blinds up, but, you know, it's like that weird glass where it's, like, distorted. Yeah, but you could totally still see the outline. Yes, I could yeah. still see your naked body. Exactly. That's what my window is. And my shower yeah, and bathtub are right in front of it. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why builders do that. Yeah, but it's so it's really thin because of that lip and has to be really long. So I just built it. Oh, well, that's exciting. You'll have to send me a picture of it. Oh, well. So what are you going to put in it? Uh, I've got to transplant my peace lilies because they have become molded. Oh, hey, we have some stuff that we bought for that. Peroxide. You just dilute you just peroxide. Like, oh, wow, you're really raining on my parade. <laughs> <laughs> They're just overcharging you, girl. <laughs> Steve fell for it, not me. He's the one doing it. I think ours was citric acid. Oh, I don't know. Which also works. Steve yeah. um, is the plant daddy. Well, yeah, it depends on the plant, too. Because some things are more tolerant than others. That's a good sweet. Um, my sweet is one of my, so on my personal Instagram, I kind of focus on like clothes and like styling and things like that. And um, one of my pictures won $500 in gift cards from this mall that we have here in Dallas. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, Did you give Steve hundred dollars? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> you texted me because you were so excited, and I was excited okay. too. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. I did. I do remember that. I couldn't remember if I if I was going to save it. <laughs> so we haven't gotten them yet. Um, but yes, Steve is going. So it's it was like. $100 gift cards to five different stores that they have at the mall. And he was like, oh, I want the one for champs. And I was like, fuck no, get out of here. And he was like, I'm the one that took the picture. And I was like, <laughs> true. and he needs a new pair of Birkenstock sandals anyway. So Good I said cost. he could have it to buy some. Good cost. Whatever. I still got four hundred dollars, baby. <laughs> but they haven't. I haven't received them yet. They said they were going to mail them this week. So I'm excited. Shopping. See, Steve. I told you shopping would make me money someday. It pays. It pays. Just spend money to make money. Exactly. <laughs> Steve, what's your sweet for the week? Oh, geez, I got uh, a new disc golf bag. What else is going on? I'm pretty excited that there's only about three weeks left of school. Oh, school to be over. 
that'll be a huge sweet when that's finally that'd uh, be my sweet every week summer i cannot you? wait for summer me neither except i have to take a fucking summer class mm. and steve gets to like lay it out the pool every damn day well i mean you probably don't have to you're just being an overachiever aren't you no so <laughs> this, this fucking bullshit they're like oh this you know this degree you can do everything online sorry to overtake your suite steve i'll come back to you no, you're fine. they're like you can do everything for this degree online but this one class is required per my degree plan and it's never fucking online mm-hmm. and then when it is online it's at a specific time like 12 o'clock in the middle of the day i'm like yo what? these People that are taking online classes got jobs. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I can't log on at 12 p.m. three times a week for this bullshit. So for some unknown reason, because even the advisors don't know why, this class is going to be available online only in summer one, which is like July 5th through August 5th. So my advisor's like, oh, you should really take it. And I'm like, yeah, because I've been trying to take this bullshit since I started here. And this is the first time I saw. Yeah, I obviously have to take it. Otherwise, like, who knows when I'll have to drive to Lubbock three days a week to fucking graduate. I don't yeah. Know. And when are you going to do that? Exactly. So stupid. So. Yeah. So I get a little bit of a summer, um, but not like Steve-O here is getting. Sorry. Trust me, that summer class will be my suck for like four weeks straight. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Sorry, take your sweet back over, Steve. I mean, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're kind of buckling down to get like the last few assignments and projects done. And then we're going to celebrate when um, Multiverse of Madness comes out. Oh, yeah. Excited about that. Um, let me see if we have any housekeeping things. Oh, there was one little funny thing to, um, add to our Walmart substitution saga. Mm, give it. <laughs> this was a meme that I was found that I just like happened to come across online. So like no one sent it to me or, and it didn't happen to us. Um, I had it pulled up and I accidentally clicked out of it. Shit, where did it go? Steve, do you remember what it was? I'm tr- I remember what the substitution was, but I don't remember what the original thing was. I don't either. I swear I had it on my freaking phone a minute ago. Okay, hold on. Let me Sherlock this bitch. Do you know how to sh- un-Sherlock your mind, Lacey? No. Okay. So you know the thing about Sherlock is, like, he's super smart because he can, like, unlock parts of his brain that, like, uh, am I remembering this right? Uh, I think is so. It, yeah, yeah that can, normal like, people can't access, like, more yes. percentage of his brain. Yeah. Yes. So they say that there are, like, things in your brain that you're that are that are in there. You just don't know how to, like, get back to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm trying to remember something and I'm like, okay, I take a deep breath. I close my eyes. I open my eyes. You cut your eyes back and forth, left to right, like 80 to like real quick, like, and then you snap both of your, both of your hands at the same time. And then you'll remember that's how you un Sherlock 
your mind. Okay, so let me do it real quick. I'll demonstrate, but you can't see me, so just pretend like <laughs> you're looking at my eyes, go like, okay, so you take a deep breath. Okay, I still don't remember. Does it work? <laughs> Damn it! I honestly couldn't snap very hard. Oh, but I found it. I couldn't snap very hard because my nails are wet because I just painted them. Um, so I think it was the snap, to be honest. But luckily, I found the meme. Um, so this wasn't even Walmart. This was Whole Foods. And the guy was ordering 12 stem roses. They were, like, pink. And so <laughs> they were out of stock. And so the substitution was, are you ready? Yes. Do you want to guess? No, I wouldn't get it. <laughs> A red bell pepper. <laughs> Why not 12? For a dozen roses. <laughs> Wouldn't a dozen red bell peppers make more sense? It would make a lot more sense. And you could even like flip them over and then they would kind of like look like a flower. And the meme says, can't wait to surprise my wife with an organic red bell pepper <laughs> instead of a dozen roses. So stupid, man. I want to know. I was telling Steve the other day because we went to Target and um, sometimes you see them when you go to the grocery store. Like you'll see the people that are fulfilling the online orders because they'll have like this huge cart, but it's like sectioned off for probably like different orders. Mm-hmm. And I told Steve, I was like. I just want to be the person that picks and put like some just fucking random shit. <laughs> That's probably what they do. <laughs> They're like, let's see what happens. They probably Ooh. do. They're like, here, you take this for free and get your money back. <laughs> Someone's going to like order ketchup and I'm going to like put a box of tampons in there. Or I wonder if, like, they have a list of stuff that's, like, going bad, and they're like, pull from this first. <laughs> they're like, hey, this garlic's about to go bad, so no matter what they order, give them this garlic Yeah, instead. if we're out of the item they requested, put in the garlic. The garlic's got to go. <laughs> no matter what it is. They're like, sir, I ordered dish soap. I needed a sponge. <laughs> like, the garlic will do it. Don't worry, sir. So fucking stupid. Um, but no, yeah, yeah. Send, keep sending, like, send us your Walmart substitutions because we love them and they're so funny. And the shit that they substitute is stupid. <laughs> okay, recursion by Blake Crouch. Overall, Lacey, what did you think? I'm scared to ask. I liked it. I liked you it. liked it. Okay. Yeah. Steve. I liked it. Okay. It was a it was a good mind fuck. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There are things I had issues with and we'll get to mm-hmm. that. Um cool. but Lacey, give them a synopsis and I'll get our question. We follow two people, Barry, which is a New York detective, and Helena, which is a neuroscience major that creates this chair that is supposed to help memory loss of dementia in Alzheimer's patients, but becomes like this little time hopping Mm -hmm. apparatus. And we'll go from there. Yep. Um, Does it say what she is? 
No, it doesn't say like it, her credentials. A, no, she's in neuroscience, but I don't think it exactly says what she is. It just says she's she's like been a doing a study. Yeah, yeah, she's like working in a lab, and she's working in a lab at Stanford. Yes, yeah. and her yeah. like yeah. grant money is about to run out. Mm-hmm. So she's probably like a PhD candidate or a PhD something or doctorate um, or something, something, something. So first question, these are a mix of book, uh, Oprah's book club questions and a mix of our own. Um, what was your favorite part of the book? Lacey, you go first and then we'll do Steve. Uh, my favorite part, I will say, I think my favorite part was like, when everything first started happening. So like on the oil rig, when Helena thinks that she can outwit this dipshit, (laughs) Marcus Slade. I like, I like how she's like, Ooh, what, how can I get around him? And then she like sneakily goes in through this little back door and is like, Oh, here we go. But little yeah, does she know, that's awesome. off a whole chain. <laughs> yep. And Marcus is like, uh, uh, uh. Um, so the book starts with Helena it, working in her lab. And then this mysterious man comes and he's like, hey, um, I can't tell you who I work for or who I am, but I have all this money. And we want to, f- he's like, I have this paper that she had like published. And he's like, we want to fund this. And she's like, okay, um. Like, yeah, girl, that should be your first red flag is they're not telling you who. And that and she even says that. She's like, I can't work for you if I don't know who you are. And he works for some, like, billionaire, philanthropist. What's that called? Philanthropist. That's it. And um, he's, like, got this decommissioned oil rig. And, like, we're just going to we're going to hook you up. All you got to do is sign, girl. Like, you'll have access to all this money. And whatever you need to get this done. And she's like, okay. And the, like, he's like the Elon Musk of this book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, um, like Lacey said, she's working on, this is a plot hole for me because I don't understand how building this. So they're building this chair that they're going to hook you to all this stuff and you're going to map out a memory. But it doesn't explain how that's going to help an Alzheimer's pa- or dementia patient. Cure, like just cure help them. them remember. No, it so like it wasn't meant to cure. It was just meant to help them remember. So like they're having a bad day, and you pop them in this, and then right, they, right. I think I don't see how that's helpful. This, well, it's helpful because I, I feel like the brain is kind of like the final mm-hmm. frontier of medicine. Like we still don't really know how a brain works. Like it's pretty yeah. easy to figure out how like an elbow or a knee works, but the brain is like much more complicated. So uh, they were mapping memories just because like the neurons to see how it works. Like they, we just don't really understand it. And so gotcha. I think that that's kind of, I, I think that was the reason why her funding was running out at Stanford was because while she was doing and she needed human research. trials. It wasn't really without doing the unethical things that 
you know, you, you'll eventually find out is happening or is going to happen on the There's oil nowhere rig. else to go. She's not mm-hmm. going to get a lot of results that are going to be like concrete and interesting to people that aren't just like purely in it for the research and like the knowledge like yeah. she is. Like these companies are trying to make money. Right. You know, and so if you're well, not. She's, she's about to cost people money. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. That makes sense. Steve, what was your favorite part of the book? I'm kind of in a similar way. Like, I don't want to give out too much, but it was mm-hmm. enjoyable mm-hmm. figuring out, like, the twist mm-hmm. throughout the story. Like, I feel like it they, they didn't just burn it in one moment where it was, like, a huge reveal. Like, you slowly mm-hmm. learn mm-hmm. more and more about the process and how, like, they really drag out in a good way how like why everything that's happening is happening and they give you a chance to try to put the pieces together mm-hmm. and figure it out yourself. And I, I feel like parts that I kind of was expecting to go a certain way. I was right, but mostly I was kind of, they, they, they threw me for it for the most part. Oh my God, Lacey. It definitely was, wasn't obvious. No, when he was reading it, he'd be like, okay, this is what's about to happen. Okay. This is, <laughs> this is who's doing it. And I was just like, probably sitting there You're going, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we both were. I was finishing up got off a little earlier than him. And so I was on the couch finishing it up while he was still working. And I was behind him at that point because he stayed up late, like really late last night reading. And I freaking, I told you I'm exhausted. So I fell asleep and I was reading on the couch and I was like, oh my God. And he was like, I know. <laughs> I'm like, what page are you on? Yeah, it was funny. Um, I think my favorite part of the book was the science and that it sounds really complicated, but then the author like explains it to where, because obviously this is stuff that the three of us have no clue about because we know this is not what we do. This is not what we study. But like it, it helps that like we can understand what's going on in the book and how this is working. Now, you know, we couldn't build this machine or anything like that. But like that's what I like is that he gives you just enough to understand like what's going on. I will say. So this this that thinking about that and the science made me wonder like the way he writes like his other book, Dark Matter, that I read. I'm like, does he have like a science background? Like, how does he write about this? You know, so his degrees in creative mm. writing, he does not have like any kind of science degree. Um, with his last book, Dark Matter, he was in an interview and he said that after he wrote the book, he sent it off to. I don't remember what kind of Ph.D. this dude was, um, but he was at USC and he sent it to him and was like, hey, can you like help me with the science part? So I don't know if he did this for recursion. This was for his last book. So he did get like a professional opinion and things like that. Um, he'd have to, he'd have to study or ask somebody or something. Cause yeah, is or in depth. it is very in depth and you would have to know a lot of these things to be able to write this book. Or he seriously sat down and thought about what would happen if we altered our timeline. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like. This doesn't really follow the rules of like other time travel things I've like read or watched. You know, they're like, if you go back in time, you can't, you can't change anything or you can't do the, you know what I mean? Like because of the butterfly effect. So I feel like this book just doesn't do any of that. It's like its whole other 
which we'll get to, but the whole point of Marcus's motives is to change things. That's mm-hmm. why he wants to do this. So I mean, we'll that's get into why that. he would go back in time. Well, I think a lot of people have a lot of different motivations about why. If if yeah. you are into time travel and you like talking about it or reading about it or you should look up Project Pegasus and you can thank me later because it is fascinating. This is a supposed real government operation. Just leave it at that. Um, next question. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, what? sorry. What? Before you move on, I just looked through his acknowledgement like to the back. You're like, oh. It's, it's before we move on and I forget is really what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at his acknowledgements in the back and it says Clifford Johnson, PhD professor in the physics and astronomy department at the University of Southern California, provided yeah, invaluable insight in the final stages of the manuscript. Okay. So he so did he send does, it to a physicist. Yeah. Oh, that's just one. I'm sure there's others. Oh, if you also go to the back. He under the Clifford Johnson, some of the characters he named after like some of his friends. Yeah, I see that too. <laughs> that's so cool. I mean, that's what I would do if I ever write a book, like all my fucking friends. Speaking of which, I had to write a short story for a class and I like put a bunch of y'all in it. So yeah, that's what I'd be doing. I'd be putting my friends in there and then I'd be putting people <laughs> I hate as like people that get like run over or something. <laughs> <laughs> um funny story there was a thread in the Colleen Hoover Facebook group where someone was talking about like baby names and because a lot of people have like named their kids after Colleen Hoover characters and um they were like Colleen whatever you do don't use this name in your next book because this person is a bitch and I hate her and someone was like watch Colleen make this person the villain and Colleen commented and she's like tell me and I'll do it <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna like make this person like a villain or like a horrible character in her next book <laughs> that's so a funny. heartbeat here you go <laughs> yeah no calling uh Lacey, what was your least favorite part of the book mm. towards the ending yes i agree when they use the chamber over and over and over mm-hmm. the timelines start getting a little convoluted Mm-hmm. And it sucks because prior, the author really explained everything so well, and you could keep up with the multiple switches. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's his intention is to confuse at the end because everybody else is confused with remembering everything that's happened. Yep. Yep. Totally. Um, Steve, what was your least favorite part? I mean, I didn't like the ending ending, like just how it wrapped up. But I kind yeah. of... Like how it just how the like the the writing finished on the last page, but I I kind of like how they went where it it make it made they they tied it together pretty well at the end, um, but I just felt like the dialogue at the very end was just a little bit disappointing. I don't know why. I agree, and we'll talk about it in depth. Um, so I wrote this. <laughs> I don't remember writing this down, but my least favorite part I wrote down her breakfast on page eight and nine. <laughs> Oh, Erebos Rancheros. No, 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 not that. No? This I wrote was, Huevos Rancheros down, too. I love that. This was Black <laughs> Beans 
three eggs over easy. Wait, what is ranchero? Yeah, that's, that's what, what that is. is? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. No, yeah, rancho. Something weird. Re- say it again, Caleb. Black beans, three eggs over easy with ketchup. Ranchos, that is like with tortilla chips. And it's like a tomato-based sauce, but it's not yeah, ketchup. Like, it's not ketchup. <laughs> Maybe it's supposed to be like a knockoff version, though. You know? Okay, yeah, it was like her little cheat, cheat yeah. version. But uh, later again? on, she has a recipe. For, they say that she has a recipe for it, and it's the best that he's ever had or something. So it she her it develops over time. I guess she shows growth there. What's it called? Cuevos Rancheros. Cuevos Rancheros. Okay, let's see. Per Wikipedia, it's a breakfast dish consisting of eggs served in the style of traditional large. Mi- okay, this does not tell me what's in it. Tortillas, eggs, tomato, chili sauce, refried beans, rice, avocado, or guacamole. So you're yeah, right. So the it fact was like that her... she put ketchup on there is disgusting and should be yeah. a criminal act. Yeah, right. I was like, yeah. But I've the dish this... itself is good. Yes, no, they're great. But this black bean ketchup knockoff shit is not. No, no. Yeah. No, no. Straight to jail. But you're right. Maybe she like ran out of some other shit and she was like, okay, this is what Steve Milner does, Lacey. He's going to make some breakfast. But he's got a bunch of random shit, but he's going to put it all together like like Helena does. And that's what he'll eat. Yeah, he's going to pull out that chopped chef shit. Ain't that nasty? <laughs> well, I don't put ketchup on eggs. So or black. I don't do that. I don't put ketchup on eggs either. I understand that tone you're coming at me with. Well, I'm just saying. You put I ketchup don't. on a lot of stuff. But not eggs. That's nasty. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, so I wrote that down as my least favorite part. Um, what was it a fast or slow read, and why, Lacey? I thought it was pretty fast. Yeah, I, I just didn't. Really I didn't want to put it down once everything started happening because I wanted it to unravel. Me too. I'm Steve. I've read two books in the last ten years, and the other one was Anderson's <laughs> Interview with the Vampire. So it was an extremely fast read because Interview with the Vampire, it took forever to read. I felt like I read this in like half the time. <gasps> he said, I read it. He probably that. did. Yeah, I literally, I'm, I believe I did. But it, I it was, it, it, it didn't drag. It was always had something interesting going on. There wasn't mm-hmm. long stretches of I felt like unnecessary to the story, you know, mm-hmm. elements or subplots or anything. Uh, not that Anne Rice. You didn't have to look up vocabulary every five did. words. Right. Mm-hmm. It only said the word preternatural like twice. <laughs> it didn't even say no, it. No, I don't think it did. <laughs> it's funny. But I would agree. It was very fast. It, it just flowed a lot. Like, in Rice's yes. book, it was just a wall of text, and it's 90% dialogue. This was much more descriptive. Mm-hmm. And when there was dialogue, I really liked how it broke it up to where it was like you could tell a lot easier who was talking, and it wasn't huge stretches of of just like monologue and dialogue, um, like Interview with the Vampire was. That's, that was just so hard to read. I, I like the story of Interview with the Vampire, but this was just – Way, way easier yeah. to read. So, to catch William up, 
William, you should read this book. You would really like it. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you should. After Helena gets to the rig, she can kind of tell that like Marcus, he's completely supportive and he's like, whatever you need, I will order it. Just tell me. But she can tell that he has like some different intentions. And that starts to become very clear after they successfully build this chair. Cause that's like half the battle, right? They have like a bunch of engineers on there trying to build this thing. And, um, because basically all her paper was, was like the concept. But now they have all these great minds out there like building it. So after they get the chair built, um, and they like test some things that I think they start mapping memories is the first thing they do. Then they're like, let's like try to record them and see if we can like, you know, insert you back into them. And this is horrible, but they find this drug addict um, because she wanted to do it. And he's like, no, we can't like, if something happens, we cannot lose you. And I also don't remember how it got to this point, but they, determined i think it was marcus that was like you have to be basically dying so your body can produce the what's it called steve dmt uh, i can't remember what the long yes. name for it is DMT. Yeah, dmt and he's like so we gotta like basically kill you in this chamber to get your body to produce this so you can re-enter this memory so he's like helena if something goes wrong we can't lose you like you're the brains of the operation and none of the other people that were working, they were all like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. And even though he offered them like a ton of money. So they found this drug addict and they're like, okay, we're going to do it on him. So they like give him this tattoo so it can be like a clear memory that he can like recall. It has to be like a very clear, vivid memory. They have like a scale of memories and it has to be over like a certain number. And um, that's when you discover Marcus has known what this thing is capable of and sends the drug addict back in time to the tattoo because he, so they do the experiment, the drug addict, I cannot remember his name. I hate calling him a drug addict. What was his name? I do not remember. The book calls him a junkie. That's their words, not mine. It did Um, say his name. It does say his name. Did this start with an R? He could be right. I remember. So they put him in the chamber and he dies, but they're like letting him flatline for a while because they want this to work. Right. And so Helena's like, listen, it's getting, there's also a medical doctor and the medical doctor's like, yeah, it's been like 12 minutes. Uh, we better. And Marcus is like, no, not yet. Not yet. And then Helena's like trying to bust the glass. Cause she's like, we gotta get him out of there. So they revive him. And um, the next day Marcus comes to Helena's, apartment on the rig and he like has champagne and she's having this like horrible sense of deja vu because he came to her the day before to get her to go down there and she's like no I'm not doing it I'm not doing it and so it's basically like the same conversation and then he's like I want you to watch something and it's a video of the guy getting the tattoo and all of a sudden he goes like stop And they stopped tattooing him. And he looks at Marcus and he's like, your mother's name is Susan. And that was something that Marcus told him before they put him in the chamber. And Helena's like, what just happened? And he's like, he time traveled back to this moment. And then you're like, what? When I read that, I went like, what the fuck? Thank you, John, not do that. 
are you are, are we leaving out the fact that they killed him? Send him yeah. Back? Yeah. No, I said that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, because that's what is find... the DMT. <laughs> yeah. I you only get DMT released when changes. you're dying. So yeah, yeah, she was about to rage out and like throw the chair into the. I said all that. Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> it's okay, yeah, Steve, I get like... it. <laughs> he just like totally tuned me out. Well, that's no, because we, we replay different name. parts of the book in our head yeah. while you're talking. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and then she's like, "How is this possible?" And he's like, "Well, when you were, you know, this is." And then he I just I don't know if he tells her at this point, but basically, like, they're not even on the original timeline right yeah, now. Yeah, that's when he tells her. Yeah, he tells her he met her like in 2018. This is 2007 when this is happening. And he Marcus was a drug addict. He got a job working in a lab that Helena was working in and she still hadn't made her chair, but she had all these plans and he was working in her lab and she figured it out. So he kills her. And goes back in time with all of this knowledge of like stock markets and shit to make himself like super rich. And he's like, I want to control this chair. So he finds her in this new timeline and he's like, Hey, I'm this billionaire and I have all this money and we're going to build your chair so he can control it. And that's when she's like, Oh my God, like what have I done? And then doesn't she like, I think she tries to destroy everything, but she can't. So she goes back in time to like before they offered her the money and she just like disappears. So yeah. everything is under like constant supervision. And so one of her friends, the guy that she had a crush with, Raj. Oh, yeah. She yeah. had him put a back door into the system so that she could get in uh, and access it without uh, Marcus's help. And so... Yeah, she finds a memory to get. Uh, it's like her only way out is to yeah. to time travel out because she's like, "There's no way Marcus is going to let me off of this oil rig." He's told me yeah. his whole plan. He like I know that he basically like took over my life and my life's work. And mm -hmm. So there's no way I'm getting off. There's only one way off of this oil yeah, rig. Is like anything said. she does, Marcus is going to go back in time and fix. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't even let her leave to go visit her mother that was like dying. Yeah, and like she'd just been to go say goodbye for over a year or like two mm -hmm. years at that point. Her contract so is she, free, yeah. yeah. So she goes back to the moment when the when he's offering her the contract, and she's like, "Yeah," and then she just like fucking splits and heads into like fucking Alaska and like lives off the grid because she's like, and like is smart find me. about it. Yeah. And she's like, if he drops can't find her bank me, account, you know, cancels yep. credit cards, throws her phone out, like everything. Yep. Um, so next question, which event scene or character has stuck with you the most? I mean, my scene pretty we have evil. to talk about later. Yes. Yeah, Slate's pretty evil. evil. So like as time goes on, you find out Slade's running a hotel with this chamber, and he's just, like, handpicking people that he wants to and is, like, forcing them to go back in I time. Think, I think they're paying, like, a premium. I mean, Barry didn't Some of pay. Them. No, Barry didn't. But, okay, so we <laughs> totally left out weird, Barry. isolated incident. Yeah. I still don't understand why he really did that. I don't like, either. Just to get rid of him or what? Like, yeah, it was to get rid of him because was, Barry started yeah. questioning the FMS, but why not just which is this him? false memory. 
Why not just kill him? Like, if he's asking questions. It's messier. True. Yeah. So we've left officer. Barry is a police officer who, at the beginning of the novel, is divorced. His daughter died, um, like, 10 years prior. She was, like, 15. And these weird things start happening around New York that they call false memory syndrome. And his scene opens where he's going to the woman that's about to jump off the building. And she's like, I just all of a sudden remembered this whole other life that I had with this man. And we were married and we had a child. And... I'm not married to him in this life. I don't have a child in this life. And it felt so real. And I went to go see him. And uh, we were married because his first wife jumped off the building. And and that's so like he was a widower. And um, I went to go see from him. From the and very he spot she was at. Yes, from the very spot she was at. And, and she was like, he doesn't even remember me. And so Barry's like, you know, don't jump. Let's talk about this. But she jumps. So Barry starts like. He's like, I'm just going to look into this. Like, this is is some weird stuff she was saying. And the whole, they call it FMS. The whole FMS thing is kind of popping up here and there. And so he looks, he pulls a report on that date that she said his first wife killed herself. And he pulls up the report and he finds the report, but the woman didn't jump. Her husband made it there in time to, to save her. So he's like, well, she had all the other details, right? Except the fact that this woman didn't jump. So he goes to visit the dude and the dude's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You need to leave right now. Barry's like, okay, weird, but okay. So he leaves and he goes to this diner and there's just like man following him. And he's like, why is this dude following me? And And then how does he find his way to the hotel that Marcus is running? Because, uh, was it uh, Mr. Berman and Voss Peters? Oh, he calls him, him back. Husband, calls him. He leaves his yeah. card with yeah. his house he went to go check. And he calls him and he tells him, listen, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, they told me that they were going to hurt people that I knew or what, you know. If I said if I something. said anything, but you need to go look into this hotel that's on the street next to this diner on such and such street on like 51st Street. And there's a 24-hour diner right across uh, from the hotel, and there's a garage leading down into the uh, parking mm-hmm. area underneath the building, and that's like the only way into the building or something. It's like really, really yeah. secure. And if you go find this, you'll that's you'll get more answers there. And then he hangs up on him. Right? Really secure, except he just like walks right in this place, no problem. Well, there's a car. Yeah, there was right. a car. It, it was either entering or leaving, but yeah. And so he goes in there and it's basically like a setup where Marcus has people come and they can stay the night, but they're going to basically go in the chamber. And so what you figure out is Mr. Berman, the man that the woman said was her husband, but doesn't remember her. He has gone back to save the first wife. And that's why the first wife is still alive. That's why all of a sudden the lady that jumps remembers this whole life, but it like, it's not, like her son is gone. And I think that's what really hurt her was her son was gone. And she remembers this child and she's like, like it's devastating. So Barry goes to the hotel and there's like a bar and there's these guys talking and they're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then like, they just put Barry in the chamber and it's clearly Marcus. It doesn't name who it is, but it's clearly him. And he's like, tell me about a memory, but he already knows everything about this dude. 
And he's like, I'm about to change your life. So he sends him back to like the moment. So his daughter was killed by a hit and run driver. She was like walking to a study group with her friends. And this car like runs her over and kills her and leaves her and Barry finds her body later. So he goes back to the moment where she's like, dad, can I go meet my friends at Dairy Queen? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And so like at first when you're in the memory, you don't have any control. You're just like living the memory. But then like your body starts to wake up and then you like have control. And then after she leaves, he's like, holy shit, she's about to die. I got to go stop her. So he like runs outside and he saves her. And you're like, what? And then it's like 10 years later, like the SpongeBob meme. (laughs) (laughs) And he keeps saying, like, is this real? Is this a dream? But no, it's clear that Barry has been sent back to live out those 10 years. Um, So you said that was the scene that stuck with you the most, Lacey? Is that why we were? I forgot what you said. Event scene or character? No, you said Marcus was the character that had stuck out the most. Yeah, just because he's like such a villain, but thinks he's doing good mm-hmm. by picking and choosing people to go back. Because essentially what FMS is, is when these people go back, um, it kills the previous timeline. So like when Barry went back and saved his daughter, it killed the previous timeline of her being dead. So those memories go kind of gray. Like mm-hmm. a black and white hazy thing, but you, but you still, still have both sets. Yeah. So they think it's just some kind of failure, the FMS disease, and they don't know what it is, is when that happens. And you don't have those memories until the person that changed it went into. So, like, for instance, Barry changes it in 2018, like November 5th, I think it was. November 5th, 2018. So he goes back 10 years to like 2008, right? So he saves his daughter. His wife and daughter have no idea about the previous timeline. He remembers because he's the one that went back. But then all of a sudden, on November 5th, 2018, his wife and daughter get flooded with these memories of Megan's death, everything that happened. And they're like, and Megan, unfortunately, does not handle it well. And she kills herself. Mm-hmm. Um, they say in the beginning that, that like 10% of people that experience the false mm-hmm. memory syndrome will kill themselves mm-hmm. yeah and the false memory syndrome is basically like anyone associated with that previous timeline basically it's catching up and they're remembering yeah yeah. so anyone like all of Barry's friends them, knew yes Yeah. so all of Barry and then you get like a nosebleed like every time so then all of Barry's friends Whenever that happened and that date caught up, he like looked at his phone and had all these messages like, oh, my God, is Megan okay?" Like and he's like, holy shit, it's happening. It's happening. Um, So, Steve, what event scene or character has stuck with you the most? I would say probably Barry going back when Marcus has him in the hotel and he sends him back. That's a wild. That's a wild uh, moment. Yeah. He doesn't even tell him. Kind of. Uh-uh. Yeah. He doesn't he really, tell him anything. He really likes to mess with people, I think. He does. Like, He's like, that's fucked up. Like, at least give him pointers or something. The whole time in my head, I'm just like, I keep remembering what Tony Stark said about, like, whenever you mess with time, time tends to mess back. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, you're going back in time and you're saving your daughter. But, like, what 
what effect what is that going to exactly yeah. exactly so like one of the men that was in the hotel when Barry was there was talking about when he goes back he was an architect and he's like I'm going to pursue this building that I never pursued because then all of a sudden this is when shit gets crazy this building just fucking pops up at like this huge like I think they compared it to like the St. Louis uh arch it's like this really crazy building but like everyone in New York is experiencing this because this building is just popping up and it's all over the news and it's like mass FMS is happening and a lot of people are freaking out and that's when things get like real wild right that's Mm -hmm. when Helena finds Barry and she's like hey I'm actually from the future and we've already met and I need your help and he's just like okay let's do it (laughs) <laughs> it is well, but by then he believes her because he's gone back and saved his daughter that and all this has true. happened. That is a very good point. I did not think about that. Because I would be like, excuse me? He wouldn't have if he hadn't gone through it himself. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Um, Steve, did you say, okay, you said when Barry goes back. So the scene that stuck with me the most, I'll talk about later because it happens later in the book. What did you think of the writing, Lacey? Any standout sentences or vocabulary? Uh, I mean, no standout vocabulary or sentences, really. But it flowed. I mean, everything flowed. I was usually, you know, I don't like the back and forth between different timelines and all that. But I didn't mind it here. Mm. I agree. It does flow very well. Steve, what did you think? Uh, Yeah, nothing really stood out to me except for one part, which I believe was in book towards the end of book two at one point he encounters a dog i think barry encounters a dog named jim bob uh-huh. and i just really did not like that dog name that's like not that dog name. i'm sorry oh it was Barry's dog it was barry's dog his name is jim bob i'm jim like bob. can we come up with a better name for the dog like <laughs> poor dog i'm sorry i'm sorry now you got me looking through the acknowledgments to see if he put that in there. Like, why? Oh, Maybe yeah, it really was his dog or something. Yeah. The Jim Bob in real life. That's true. I don't see My brother anything. Jim Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see anything about a Jim Bob. That is so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. The writing it flows very, very well. Um, did reading the book impact your mood in any way? How and where? I mean, it makes you really think mm-hmm. about if this is actually possible and what it would do to us. Because, I mean, even Helena says at one point that our minds can't comprehend all of this back and forth that's going on with everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just, it's interesting. Yeah. Steve? Yeah, it's... Uh, I- it's crazy how many different layers it builds up, like as timelines are overlapping and stuff. And when they talk about deja vu, I felt like it was like. Made you wonder. Yeah. It was was cool. Yeah. Did it impact your mood? Oh, it it was just a good thriller. Like I, I didn't want to put it down. It was a good book. Makes you a little paranoid too. You're like, whoa. Yeah. (laughs) Like what if the time I've gotten deja vu or, uh, 
actually overlapping timelines. Yeah. What if those theories you see online are actually true? Yeah. Well, I would hope my dumbass would freaking come back and give me like some stock tips or some bullshit. Yeah, right. Right. And that ain't happened yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> would you want to read another book by this author? Yeah, I would. I would. Y'all should read Dark Matter. Dark Matter is better than this one. Okay. He has a new book coming out, I think, in like a month or two months. Ooh. So, um, yeah, I'm sure I'll read that also. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. What surprised you most about the book? We have to explain so more, I think. I have a good one for this one. Yeah. What surprised me most was how early on they tell you what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Like when Marcus the first time is telling her while watching that video that it's time travel. Because you're like, okay, so that's on like page 100 something. And I'm like, okay, so what the re- what's the rest of this book about? Um, So I wasn't expecting you typically don't find out what's going on that early. And then I didn't expect like the turns that it took. No. Steve, what surprised you most? Um, I thought it was funny when uh, Trump Tower was on fire. That was kind of surprising because <laughs> this book came out while he was president, I think. Right? <laughs> no. Oh, maybe. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, that's kind of crazy that he lit his building on fire. Yeah, I think maybe it's subliminal messaging, right? I think it came out like 20, 2019. So, yeah, he was president. Lacey, so now back to you. And so can as, explain as the book to. goes on, it just becomes this huge race of Barry and Helena chasing Slade and trying and his team and trying to like get ahead of them and stop okay, so what he's doing and let's pause. Let's so when yeah. when Helena finds Barry and she tells him what's going on and he's like, All right, I'm on board. She's like, We gotta go fucking raid Marcus's place and we gotta kill him. <laughs> we gotta destroy all that shit. And he's like, All right, let's do it. So they go and of course Marcus knows they're coming because he always knows everything. And um he tells Barry the only way to like get out of a, he's like, I've lived many lives. Um, he, he tells them some real cryptic shit, right? But then they kill him. But then the plan, cause Barry gets shot and he's like dying. So then Helena goes back to, I forgot where she goes back to. She had cut herself while they were going up. Slate's oh, yeah, like, as a save point. She called it a save point. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Doesn't she go back again? Like after yeah. Marcus is dead? Yeah, they, she goes back a couple times. Oh, no, no, no. The, um, the DARPA people raided and Barry died and they took her prisoner. Yeah. And DARPA was some government organization. So enter new villain, the government. Because, you know, anytime the government gets involved, they're going to fuck some shit up. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So they take her and uh, his name is Raj. Yeah, the guy she had a crush on. They the engineer. They built the back door into the system so he's she could escape. working for DARPA. Marcus, the first time. Yeah, he's working for DARPA. And I forgot what DARPA stands for, but it's some 
it's some government organization and they basically recover the chair from Marcus's place lab and he's like holy shit because he left for ethical reasons when they were on the rig he's like I don't want to be a part of this so he knows how it works because he's an engineer that helped build it but he's like I he's like I knew when this false memory stuff started happening I had an idea that y'all must have figured out like y'all that it was you guys so now he has the chair and then the like assistant director of DARPA is saying, okay, well, let's just see how it works. And a few days before, there had been a school shooting where like 19 children were killed. Mm-hmm. So they take this soldier and they send her back and she stops the school shooting. And so the assistant director of DARPA is like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stop disasters. And Helena's like, they're still holding her hostage. They got her in this nice ass apartment, but they're making her come there. And she's like, no, we need to destroy this shit. Because men cannot handle this. Like, humans cannot deal with this. And she's like, not to mention this got in the wrong hands, but our minds can't handle it. And so they're like, no, well, we're still going to do it anyways, but we want you to help. So they, they like, come up with these rules. They can't go back more than five days. Um, there's certain, cr- like, um, crisis things that happen that they're like, no, this, like, this is not a good thing to go back for. They stop this little girl's murder. Um, things like that. Well, then the assistant directors, like bosses, get a wind of this, and then he tells Helena, he's like, "Listen, I'm I'm gonna try to hold them off as long as I can, but I can't hold them off forever. And if this gets out, like the FBI, the CIA, like all these people are gonna want a, a piece of this. They're gonna want to go back to like fucking World War One and stop the assassination of Franz Ferdinand, like some stupid bullshit." That really and, irritated uh, me. Because I'm like, dude, it's... you knew this was a horrible idea. Yeah. Because that yeah. guy, uh, Deputy Director Shaw, he's like, oh, well, this is great. We stopped uh, 19 people from being killed in this school shooting. But they also, at the same time, gave like 300 million people brain damage by giving yes. them false memory syndrome. Mm-hmm. Where, because everyone you remembers know, it Everybody knew about that shooting in the country. Yeah. yeah. And so everybody was plagued by the false memories where normally it was like, yeah, it was pretty widespread based on who you might know, but it, I don't think before that it had ever been a point where it was like everybody had a unified false memory like that. And so, yeah. of course, it was only a matter of time before the government finds that, you know, the, the actual government. Because DARPA is just this little offshoot of the Department of Defense, mm-hmm. and it's the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. And they mm-hmm. develop emerging technologies for use by the military. So, you know, at that point, the government is going to find out, and they're going to start using it for some dumb stuff. He, he, and re- they do, they do, yeah, yeah they do, they do. They're like, hey, maybe then, we should start using it for war moves, and they start like bringing yeah, back all military. Yeah, they start bringing back like soldiers that weren't advertised in the media or anything, so that it doesn't mm-hmm. affect like the whole population. And then Helena even tells them, she's like, listen, if you go back to like, like World War II, she's like, let's say the dude that your grandma was really in love with actually lives the war and she doesn't marry your grandfather and you're not fucking born. She's like, that's why this is fucking stupid. Or the and millions then, uh, of refugees, like there would be, yeah, there would literally be millions immigrants of people that not have, born yeah, because of that change, you know. That mm-hmm. came over after the war. I mean, there's so much so much and they talked about um specifically alan turing how you say his last name he's the one that um 
didn't he like crack the he did the the enigma code that was uncrackable or did he no he cracked german codes he cracked German codes, but the, the isn't he also he, like the he grandfather of artificial intelligence? intelligence? Yeah. They were like, you know, if he's not, if there's no war for him to do this for, we may not have the technology that we have because he had mm-hmm. no reason to create it. Um, but yeah, the government takes over and they do some stupid shit. And then somehow the instructions for the chair get posted on WikiLeaks. It's leaked because, through when uh, Marcus had the hotel. Marcus Slade had been hacked. Yeah. Yes. The hotel had been and hacked. so now you enter the Chinese and Russian governments have built their own chairs because this crazy. Oh, and the, and a terrorist organization purchased the plans for a chair because these crazy attacks start happening. Like Helena's trying to, they're taking her to the office for the day and they're in this tunnel and then the tunnel like blows up and then she wakes up and she's like back in the apartment. And then the tunnel tries to happen again, but it's like a loop where this person is whoever's attacking this tunnel keeps trying to do it. But someone's going back in a chair trying to redo it. And then that's when she gets to the office and they're like, oh, my God, you know, the Chinese government and the Russians have it. This terrorist organization has it. And she's like, this is exactly what I told y'all. This is why we couldn't do it. Um, So are we to the point with where we can answer your question, Lacey? Oh, yeah, we're past it. (laughs) Okay. what surprised you most about the book the fact that helena agreed to be on that committee Mm -hmm. to do the better deeds even though it wasn't really better deeds i mean again her hands were tied like these people pretty much kidnapped her and said no you have to help but just that she sat there and was like no think about this think about that like i don't even know if i would have said anything at that point right I think it even says in the book after they saved that little girl from that man, that horrible man that like raped her and murdered her. And he was a serial killer. I think she kind of did question it like, Hey, maybe this is okay. But I think always in the back of her mind, she was like, it's never going to stop here. And then when that uh, assistant director is like, yeah, my bosses are like asking what's up. She's like, oh, here we go. Um, so next. I guess we better talk about the book a little bit more before we go in. So this whole time, Barry's dead, right? And then when this attack starts happening and the other governments are like, if if the U.S. uses the chair again, we will consider that an act of war. So Helena goes back to 1986 when she's like 16 years old. And she's like, she writes down in her diary, this is the day that I came from in the future. You have like 27 years to figure out how to fix this. Um, and then it flash forwards to present-ish day, but her and Barry, she found Barry when she was like 20 and made him into a scientist. And they've been married all this time and they've been trying to figure out, they built another chair, but they've been trying to figure out how to fix it. And this is where Lacey, and I agree, because Helena goes through like, six lifetimes and she always returns back to that moment when she's 16 because that's like her talisman if you will right Mm -hmm. and so she has to live barry doesn't remember until it gets to the point where she goes back and then he gets the previous life but she has to keep going back with all of this knowledge so you're talking like what 100 years something like that 
And she starts to fatigue a little bit and they still can't figure out how to stop the loop because when, when they get back to the present day, everyone remembers, everyone in the world remembers what has happened. And it gets to the point where America starts getting nuked. And that's the scene that stuck with me the most is when Mm -hmm. they're out like snowshoeing in the mountains. Like, hello, you knew what fucking day it was, Helena. Why the, why are you out? miles away from your lab when you know you probably gotta go in the tank mm-hmm. and they get nuked and they're talking about like their skin melting off oh my god it was yeah her wrist and like it. yeah crawling back to get in the tank yeah Ooh, yeah that was bad. pretty bad um so how did your opinion change of the book change when you reached the ending i mean i felt like Maybe there could have been a better way to end it than virtually Helena's mind just deteriorating like her mother's did. Ooh, I didn't um, draw that parallel until you just said that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And the whole time she's trying to save her mom and she, like, essentially... Becomes her mom. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Wow, I'm pretty dense when it comes to that stuff. No, no. Sometimes it takes other outside perspectives. Steve, how did your opinion change? Um, I liked it. I, it just aside from like the how I wish they had wrapped up the last page with the dialogue, like I thought that they wrapped up the story neatly. Um, it didn't seem hokey the way that they they kind of came to a resolution. Which sometimes it just kind of seems like they force it to to like yeah. finish it out. But and like all the loops, out an, an ending. all of the loops where Helena keeps going back and they have to live thirty years are from Barry's point of view at that point. Because he'll like wake up in whatever life they're living, and it'll kind of describe the scene where they're at, what they're doing, and then all of a sudden he remembers everything. And um, so at the end, it. Basically, he has to be the hero because her mind, which I thought was very similar to Angelina Jolie's character in Eternals. Remember, Steve, when it said that they had lived so long, her mind was just kind of like fracturing and she was going to have to like basically wipe her memories or something. It's kind of like that. Like Helena had just lived too much and had too much like too much stuff to store and not enough memory on the hard drive. Essentially. And she dies like one of their lives in Antarctica as researchers, she dies and Barry's like all of a sudden, because in one of the lives they had kidnapped Marcus because Barry's like, he was trying to tell me something that night we killed him like six lives ago. And I think that there's something there. So he's like, Helena, remember this in the next life, we need to kidnap Marcus before he ODs. And, uh, and, and, so we need to keep him alive until the point that everyone remembers everything and he'll remember everything and ask him what's up. So they do. But Helena was already into the tank. And remember, she's the one going back in time that can remember everything. Barry can't remember everything until it gets to the present day. But Marcus tells him, he says, there is a way to end the time loop. And I already figured it out. You have to go back to the original timeline. And he's like, what original timeline? He's like the first one where I was still a drug addict and I killed Helena. You have to go back there and you have to stop me from killing her because he takes them outside when after that first um, loop back, basically every time it gets to present day and everyone wakes up, America gets nuked like five mm-hmm. or six times. 
And so he takes them outside to show Marcus. He's like, look, this is what you have done. You thought you were changing the world and you're ruining the world. And so that's why Marcus tells him how to solve it. So in the next life in Antarctica, Barry doesn't remember. And Helena has died like two months before the time where it resets. So he's like about to kill himself. He like takes a bunch of oxy to kill himself. And all of a sudden he, he gets this last memory of Marcus telling him how to fix it. And he's like, holy shit, I already took all these fucking pills. So he's like running back into the lab, trying to set the time loop. And he goes back to the original timeline where Megan, his daughter was dead. He was meeting with his ex-wife for her birthday. It, she had already been dead like 10 years because the next day would be the day on the original timeline that Marcus kills Helena. So Barry goes and saves Helena. And then the ending that, like Steve said, is them meeting in the bar. And in all the loopbacks, when Helena finds Barry when they're 20, she would always go up to him and say, you look like you want to buy me a drink. And he would, like, fall in love with her. So in this loopback, remember, they're, like, 50 at this point because they didn't go. he didn't go all the way back. He just went to save her. And um, he can tell that he's reset it by the way, like, by the way, everything's unfolding. So he goes and finds her in the bar and he sits down and it ends with him saying, let me pull it up. Yeah. It just said like you. It didn't even finish says, the whole line. And he says, and that's it. <laughs> so we don't even know what he yeah. says. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was frustrating. I told Steve, I was like, he probably said, you look like you want to buy me a drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But right before that, they uh, had, like, this whole long video. <laughs> yes. In Antarctica. That yeah. she had left him. Yeah. Don't come save me. And what does he do? He comes to save her. But he saves the world, too. Um, how does the book's title work in relation to the book's contents? It works. Well, what does recursion, what does that mean? I mean, recurring, isn't it? Uh, it doesn't mean I, I, what I was thinking of as deri- what derivative means, but recursion means the repeated application of a recursive procedure. So I guess that is kind of similar to a derivative, but basically means like based on itself, kind of. I think is and then like it's like it's just a loop, just a reoccurring loop, basically. Or a loop. Okay. Yeah. So I think it works. <laughs> is this book overrated or underrated? It is 4.15 on Goodreads. I gave it four. I said it's about on par. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Does this book remind you of any other books? No. Steve? It it reminded me of a movie called Altered States that I saw when I was a teenager. And in the book, (laughs) in the movie Altered States, it's a researcher who builds a sleep or a, a sensory deprivation tank huh. and does a bunch Wait, of drugs. Wait, who's in this movie? Uh, it's really old. It's from 1980. Uh, William Hurt is in it. I, was, I had looked it up earlier. Um, let me pull it up here. It sounds... So they're basically, nice. instead of trying to access memories, in altered states, he's accessing 
you're in altered state of being. So instead of like consciousness, mm. he's like trying to activate a a deeper like subconscious level. It's it's a weird movie. It's very weird, but I enjoyed it as a teenager. Well, in this book, it does talk about like when they're traveling back in these memories, they are essentially going through like other dimensions. Mm -hmm. So the science sounds very similar from what to what you just described. Well, and they yeah, they use a flotation tank like where you're Hmm. like dark. It's it's that technology is very similar and they're on drugs and on this one, they're on DMT. Guys, if anyone gets to talk to Blake Crouch, ask him if he's seen this movie. I'm sure he has. You know, it could have jump-started this thought process for him, too. Yeah, maybe he was like, "Mm, I'm going to take this a step further. Interesting. Um, It kind of reminded me of his other book, only because the other book, um, the character is trying to create a device to, I think he's trying to create a device to do something else, but it winds up time travel. It doesn't time travel. It travels into alternate universes, which depends. It's, it's fuzzy, right? Are you going back in time or are you going to another? It's it's confusing. Um, Next question. How did it impact you? Do you think you'll remember it in a few months or years? I mean, usually I don't remember a book until I start reading again, but I probably will remember this one just because it's so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Um, lingering questions or plot holes that you are still thinking about? No. I have one. Okay. So <laughs> Lazy when, they're on, when they're on the oil rig, uh, the drug addict that they are experimenting on, he... They think that he's going to go back in time at one point, and he just, like, flatlines and dies, oh, yeah. and it's been, like, 15 minutes. And I thought like, he hung himself. No, and like, he he does later. Yeah, oh. he does that later. This is before that part. So they're like, well, what happened? Uh, and they say, well, we the memory that we gave him was from a dead timeline, and so you can't come back from a dead timeline. And so Marcus mm. gets in a tank and goes to a point before they go and do that so it saves the drug addict's life so the loophole is i guess that's what barry does that's what barry does and that's what marcus says is the way to erase you know the false syndrome from people so why did it work later because i think barry went to the original and maybe the drug addict did not he just went to another dead timeline but not Mm. the original okay yeah whereas barry would probably think the original was the one where he was a detective and his daughter died but that was not the original timeline it was Uh, helena for him it was for him it was helena but not for helena yeah that's not her original timeline yeah i had a lot of i thought i was going to have a lot of lingering questions but it really does wrap it up in due time Mm -hmm. like you do get your answers but there is one thing that's just a really silly little thing. Um, so when they're in the timeline where they're in Denver and Denver gets nuked, and the, she's like, why are they nuking Denver? Um, so Steve and I lived in Colorado. Um, so I'm going to pull that card. 
Denver would not get nuked. Colorado Springs would get nuked because that is where NORAD is. And that is where rumored nuclear missiles are. And that Colorado Springs will always be on the list of sites that will be attacked. Steve, is that accurate? And they got Space Force now? Yeah. (laughs) The show Space Force does take place in Colorado Springs. But NORAD is right there. You can see it on the mountain. You can see all the stuff on the mountain. Like, it's very obvious what's up there. So now is Colorado Springs close enough to where Denver would see the mushroom? And they would probably see the mushroom, but I don't know that they would be, like, burned. Right. They would probably all die of radiation poisoning, though. I mean, I'm sure. Or the Buckley Air Force Base in Aurora. So I'm, I'm sure Denver would be on the list if all the nukes in the world got launched. There's got to be some that are aimed at Denver. I'm sorry, like even if. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Because they. I just think of like NORAD's going to be first. That's true. Like NORAD's going to be top on that list. I think everything got hit though, pretty much. That's fair. Because the only reason they didn't get wiped out in Maine is because they were so far away from. Yeah. Like Maine is further from Boston Mm -hmm. and New York City than you think. It's like depending on where you're at. If you're way up north, it's pretty far. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we all liked it. I did. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was good. I think y'all really need to read the other one. Y'all will really like it. Okay. Okay, so anything else we need to add to this one? I don't think so. Nope. All right. Done with this one officially. So the next book is my pick. Two weeks from today. And I picked The Collective by Allison Galen. Ooh. Okay, you've heard of it? It sounds familiar. It is a mystery, thriller, crime, suspense. Those are the genres. Um, I'll read you the Goodreads synopsis. Actually, I don't even need to read it. I read it earlier. I'll summarize it for you. This woman's daughter has been murdered by, she thinks, by this, like, trust fund little shit, right? But, like, they can't prove it. So he's, like, free living his life. And she joins this support group of, like, other mothers, but they're, like, I think they turn into, like, vigilantes or some shit. Ooh. It's right? Oh, like, good. Right? Steve, Steve, no. This is the last time you will be on our show. You need to get your own Steve's show. like, look, I've read more my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> Listen, you need to give the people what they want, okay? And that's more Steve. Only two people said that. Well, Don't stunt his literary thank you, thank you, playtime, okay? <laughs> he said, thank you, William. Oh, yeah. <laughs> William texted me the other day, Lacey. I don't think I told you. Let me read this text to you. Uh, he said, oh, gosh, there's a um, Steve does have a very nice voice. It's very soothing. And I was like, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> he said, I wish the listeners thirsted after my voice. Hashtag jealous. Cleo's <laughs> <laughs> like, look, Steve, we need you to do like some extra episodes reading a book. Okay. <laughs> oh, 
funny. Steve, if you want to read the next book with us, I'm sure Lacey wouldn't mind. No. I would not. She just wants you to keep reading. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Listen, guys, if I read three more books, then I get a pizza party. (laughs) (laughs) If he reads three more books, his mind's going to fracture like Elena's. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna pr- we're gonna print out an Excel sheet and keep track. What was it? Six hundred minutes of reading time gets you a Six Flags ticket. Oh, I didn't. My school did not have that, and I also never heard of this Pizza Hut thing. So I feel like I really missed out. Yeah, you did. It was a thing here. How many books did you have to read to get a Pizza Hut? Uh, it was that was like, they were like elementary, books, so it was no big deal. Yeah. Oh. Will they give me a free pizza now? Yes. No. What if I just told them I have a kid? It's not stuff gross, but no, it was through school. Yeah, it was through school. You had to fill you had to fill out a form because you had to write in the titles of the books and the author's name and how long you read them and stuff like that. (sighs) Stuff gross is never one of the freebies. No. (laughs) All right, two weeks. We're gonna read the collective. Um, Send us your thoughts, questions. Two books warms one podcast at gmail dot com. Or on Instagram at Two Book Arms One Podcast. Anything else, guys? I don't think so. All right, bye. 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 Little, say bye. Yeah.